Hi there, it's Vic Francis here from Shaw Vineyard Church. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today for our latest Fano podcast. All of September at church, we're going to be looking at aspects of celebrating family and in its biggest sense, just what Fano is. So we hope you'll join us week by week. And if you miss one, you can catch up either on this podcast or on our website, svc.org.nz. Right now, though, here is the latest of our series, and I do hope you'll enjoy it. So Lord, we thank you for a journey. We thank you for walking together. Uh, We thank you for growing and the opportunity to, I don't know, just be uh, a work in progress. We very much feel like that, Lord, and we pray that you would work with us today, progress with us today as we explore another aspect of whānau. Lord, we pray for Stanley as he preaches today at Waimauku. Lord, we ask you blessing on him as he shares, as he contributes. May he be the perfect person in that congregation today. And we just thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Corvick Francis Aho, how's that, eh? Uh, I'm the pastor of this lovely church, uh, and I, I kind of know uh, Putaru Aho. I had to choose the place that I grew up with with an obvious Maori word, uh, but no Tamaki Makauru Aho. Maybe that's for all of us. Um, it's wonderful to be here today. It's wonderful to be able to share with you today. And it is our Fano series where we've been able to explore some of those things and grow in those. It's a five Sunday month. And so we have uh, this is the fourth Sunday of our month as we go through some of the things that would make us a, a family together. And we call it a celebration of family. We've started way back, it seems way back on Father's Day when Franny shared on, um, on, on fathers, on dads, on men. Um, and then we moved to, to Waka coming uh, in our second Sunday of the month, sharing, we called that voices, it wasn't a word that she used, but sort of of our, of our culture, our nation, our bi- bicultural journey. Last week we talked togetherness, which I think was important today. We move on to respect we're going to talk about today. And next week, as Dan has shared already, we're going to have a celebration. Do bring international food if you know how to do that. Marmite and chip sandwiches, we did decide this morning, didn't we? That was a good thing. Hardly international, but very Kiwi. Uh, And share something of our international flavor and story would be a wonderful thing to do. You know, um, I was thinking this week as we were talking respect, and I'm going to tease out respect a little as we go this morning, why we're talking about it. But I was thinking about the, the tendency that we have, that we're driven to a little, to esteem most highly the, the beautiful, the powerful, uh, the rich, the influential. It, it, we're driven to that. It's true, I'm sure. I'm sure if you wanted to go to and see a game of tennis, you would, you would go and see this guy, the guy that you know who it is, rather than the guy who you don't know who it is. So the guy on the top left is Roger Federer, Adele. You sound so um, enthusiastic about that. That seems a little unhealthy, but there you go. So 20 grand slams, Roger Federer, versus the guy at the bottom's won one grand slam. Anyone know who he is, Adele? Michael Venus. Ever heard of him? Probably not, unless you're a tennis person. He's the number one tennis player in New Zealand, won the French Open, I think, last year. Um, in doubles, in doubles, we must say. Not that anybody watches doubles, of course, but there you go. And or, or, or what about um, going to see the top left? Who's that? Serena Williams, we all know that. 23 grand slams, sort of, you know, fell over a little at the last one and all of that controversy if you follow sport. Or the one at the bottom, never heard of her. 
Marina Arakovic there's only one person in this place I wish it had been a, 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 a question in the quiz last night instead of that, that Sudan trap that we fell into along the way last night that made us pipped at the post by that sorry I kind of move on respect togetherness or something like that but we would be te- you know if you're going to fork out money you'd probably go and see the ones that are the best at as Christians it's probably no different uh, to follow those who are uh, who esteem the beautiful, the powerful, the rich, the influential, that great conference speaker that I would, would just pay to go to or hear the, 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 the anointed prophet sometimes. You know, I could get a word if I went to hear her or if I went to hear him. Or the, um, that worship leader, that church that's just so cool. It's just full of cool stuff. That person with the big book sales would be worth hearing. That's what we do. And yet we live in that world and we're susceptible to it. We know that we are. And yet I never cease to be amazed at how unimpressed the Bible seems to be with things that so capture us. And so you have someone like Jesus would say, I love the message, which says, here it is again, the great reversal. Never seen that before I read in the message. The great reversal, tipped it upside down, I did. Many of the first are ending up last. Can you believe that? And the last first. Wow, there's a bit of a shock. Or what about this don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths or corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars, stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? Except no, Jesus, it's not obvious at all because I want to hoard treasure down here on earth, really when it all boils down to it. Because I want to be rich and famous and successful because that seems to be what everybody else is doing and that would be, you know, make me feel better about myself. But apparently it's obvious that we would stockpile treasure in heaven. We go to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 and it has things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Actually, that's all of them. All qualities, all qualities that you would respect, wouldn't you? If you saw a person with that, that person's so loving, I respect that person, as opposed to that person's so famous, I respect that person. Or that person's so kind, I respect that person, as opposed to that person's so rich, oh, I so respect that rich person. Oh, no. We would respect, wouldn't we, the kind person or the good person or the faithful person or the person with self-control over some of those other things. Someone once talked about the upside-down gospel. Matthew Ingalls wrote a book, The Upside-Down Way, as we follow Jesus. And as we considered this Fano series, we sort of talked about it, grouped a few things together. It seemed really important to me anyway, that we should talk on the subjects of togetherness and respect. They're not easy subjects to talk about. They're not easy subjects to prepare for. You know, some things when you're preaching, it's just, oh, we'll just go to that scripture and I'll get them with that one. And I can, you know, kind of, I can, you know, I know a great illustration with that one. But respect, wow, but, but how do you define respect? Or, and is your respect the same as my respect? And how do we, how do we work through those things? So if you're, if you're kind of going back to Greek and, and um, the, the word translated most often, respect or honour, we'll, we, we'll sort of add to that as timasate, I don't know how to say it, to, a place, to place a great value or a high price on something, great value, or a high price on something. And so we wanted to introduce in this series these sorts of words, respect, honour, togetherness. As we build whānau, 
They're not very sexy. They're not very kind of, you know, let's do a cool title and we'll get everybody to come along to those. As I say, hard to produce a sermon out of them in a way, but you just know that for sure Vineyard, as a family, as a whanau, as a church, as a, as a, a living organism, if you like, you just know that for us to thrive, we need those things in our midst. We need people like that. We need, we need that just coursing through the veins of our church, more than money, more than fame, more than good looks. These are the things that we need to be and grow in as a church. So, so as we go through today, I'm going to ask a few questions. We're going to explore respect a little. I've got three questions which will each take us hopefully a little deeper. And so the first question is, well, so who should we respect? What does the Bible say about respecting? And I mean, the short answer is respect everyone. 1 Peter 2.17, respect everyone. So everyone, I think, and we'll get into sort of actually people being worthy or not of respect in a minute. I think it means everyone bears the image of God. So we respect the fact that God has made everyone. We know not everybody does things that we respect. Love other believers. I love this one. What a great reminder it is to us. That, you know, we're, no, we're not flashed. We're not, we're not that great. We're the vineyard. That's, that's a, that's a, it's a fantastic thing. If it feels like this is your home, this is just the right place for you to be. But tons of other people will be better in the church down the road, the church up the road, some other kind of expression of Christianity. I love the fact that in the vineyard, our, our, we have a basis of just being one vegetable in the stew. And part of the vegetable and the stew thing, yes, bring a flavor. Yes, bring a, a different type of, I, I don't know, um, uh, goodness to the stew. But it's a respect for the wider body, the wider church, how important that is. It's just a fantastic thing um, for us to do. Um, Jesus said in John 13, love one another as I have loved you. It's really important to, it says love here, obviously, but kind of in the context of this verse on respect. Then honour God, respect, honour God. It's probably a different sermon, but honour God, respect, and uh, uh, you know, kind of respect and awe. And then respect the emperor, kind of, well, how does that apply? It's, it's a little bit difficult, but, but we do, don't we? We respect those in authority. We, we probably respect our prime minister, whether we voted for her or not. We probably respect our, I don't know, our teachers or our doctors or those who have some sort of a, uh, you know, kind of a role in our life that's based on what they know and who they are. We respect them because of who and what they are. And then it goes in Ephesians, he talks, Paul talks about respect your father and mother. The first commandment of the promise goes right back to Exodus and the Ten Commandments so that all may go well with you and you may live long in the land. So we respect everyone, we respect believers, we respect God, we respect the emperor, you know, authorities, we respect fathers and mothers, we respect everyone. But there's a really interesting verse in um, 1 Timothy 5.17 that says, Let the elders, so kind of church term now, let the elders who rule well, rule well, be worthy of, consider worthy of double honour. You probably will think, well, you'd respect your elders, wouldn't you? You'd respect your pastors or your, your church or something. But those who rule well, it gives us the opportunity to actually decide whether they're doing a good job, whether they're worthy of respect. We respect the, we respect the place or, you know, the title or something. But boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that pastor. I'm going to watch those elders. I'm going to watch that prime minister. I'm going to watch that teacher and just make sure that what they do actually beholds the position that they have. I, I think so anyway. And I've been thinking this week about church, you know. I've been thinking about Shaw Vineyard. You might even see yourself there. Um, 
We are so lucky. We have nine decades in this church. Nine decades. From, from the first decade, zero to ten, up to the 80s, we have in our church, we have people in every single one of those. On our stage today, and I'm actually not sure of a couple of the ages, but on our stage today, we had at least four decades represented, and maybe five, depending on how old a couple of people are, but I wouldn't like to ask. I put them down, so that made four. If I put them up, it would have made five. But anyway, hey, what, what the heck. We had our men's curry night um, two or three weeks ago. It was fantastic. 23 men there. I went up the table because I was sitting next to all these South African-born people. Love those South Africans. And uh, good of you to be there. And it's like I feel a stranger in my own land. All of a sudden I want to speak some Rayo. Yeah, I want to learn some Rayo. And so I went down, I asked literally every single person all the way down that table, where were you born, where were you born, where were you born? About half were born in New Zealand and four out of 23 were born in Auckland. We are a disparate, scattered, mixed, can't believe God brought us together sort of congregation. Isn't it a surprise that we ended up being together? What an incredible thing that God has done. And so developing Fano with disparate groups means respect flowing freely up and down the age bands or up and around the culture divides and and learning and knowing and and growing and and recognizing that some of us think different operate differently and it's not wrong or or it's not it's, it's different at least at the beginning to until we understand of how and what we're doing. It's so important. So, you know, in our church, because it's probably our custom and probably because it's a little bit biblical, we would hope that those in the younger generations would respect those in the older generations. We would trust that. But those of us perhaps in the older generations, we also need to turn it around and, and go turn it upside down and respect down. And even down is wrong. I'm just down in terms of age respect those who are around us and make way and, and, and make allowance for and recognize that those who are different, be it through age or be it some other way, are also deserving of our respect. So who should we respect and honor and value? Well, it's everyone, all of those people, all of the people around. But we need to move on with um, second question. So it's fair to ask, though, who is worthy of my respect? Who, who, who can I really give my respect to? Because I'm called to respect everyone, but not everyone is worthy of my respect, to be honest, you know, in this 8 billion planet. I'm called to respect other believers, but not every other believer is necessarily acts in a way that's worthy of my respect. I'm called to respect authorities, but not all authorities are worthy of my respect. We talked togetherness last week. If you were here, we talked about the dodgy uncle who you have to invite for Christmas dinner because they're Fano, because they're family. They carry your name, and you've got to have them. Respect's different than that. Respect's quite different than that because you respect really those who are worthy of respect, who call it out on you. And we know that respect is earned, not demanded. You know, there is no way that I can stand up here and say, right, we're going to start with respect. I am your pastor. Say no more. Respect me. It's like respect is earned. You know, I may be your pastor, and you may well respect the fact that churches tend to have leaders or pastors, but I, 
I want to earn your respect. I don't want to demand your respect. And while respect is hard won, it's, it's very easily destroyed, as we will know, as we will have experienced. And so when we pay respect to people at a funeral, you know, coming back to last night with our quiz and, and Derek who died, you know, kind of 15 months ago. And, you know, people don't talk really. I mean, they, 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 they talk for colour about what a great musician. You know, what a great, um, you know, sort of what a great teacher I, I imagine that he was. But really when you talk about Derek, and, you know, sorry if you don't know who Derek is and, and, and it seems like something in the past, but, you know, loved and taken from us. What do they talk about? They talk about his warmth and his kindness and his remembering your name. And he was always the one who knew everybody and all of that tend to sit over there. But I bet those who are over here, you got to know him as well or you felt like you knew him because of something. And that's respect. It's like talent is, is God-given. Talent you didn't earn. Respect you earn with what you do with the talent that you have. Respect is a really important thing. For me, respect as a pastor would boil down to one verse, Psalm 78, verse 72, which was my calling verse 26 years ago, sense of call. And it talks about um, shepherding with um, integrity of heart and with skillful hands. That is what I feel like God will ask me in some way, manner of means. That's respect. That, that's, that would be, yes, he does that, would be a sense of, okay, I've earned something along the way. Not because I'm a pastor, not because I get the microphone or something like that, or because I get to decide some things. And so think about, well, who do you respect? What sort of things do you respect? You know, I respect a lot more a hard one B than an easily gained A. Because the A came from talent, the hard one B came from work. I respect um, long-haul people with the scars to show it. I respect single parents. Aren't single parents incredible? Because they do it tough and they wear the scars often because of relationship and because of just the enormity of the job that they do. But how important is it? I respect people who are able to do that. I respect... People with a differing opinion to me that's been fashioned and forged through genuine, I don't know, exploration and research and is given with compassion. I'd much rather have someone disagree with me, theologically or any other way, disagree with me than someone agree with me out of shallowness or because I said it or something like that. I respect people who are different along that way. I respect the right thing done in the right way. I've got a feeling that the right thing done in the wrong way is the wrong thing. That's, that's what I've kind of concluded. I've said that to a few people that disagree with me, which I respect. <laughs> so the right thing done in the wrong way seems to me to be the wrong thing at least. It seems to me like the Pharisees did the right thing in the wrong way and they didn't get it right. And Jesus sometimes even did the wrong thing in the right way and he seemed to get it right. And it's the upside down thing happening all over again. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. I respect faith which stays alive over decades. I respect sacrificial giving and serving and loving and forgiving. We, um, one of my roles I play is um, uh, I, I'm responsible for the Vineyard College, New Zealand Vineyard Movement, Vineyard College. And we actually, our staff is upstairs here in our building. And um, 
we had a we had an intern. It's an internship program. We have forty seven interns, and we had an intern not from Vineyard Church, but from another church down the line, um, who bailed on us this year and owed and owed um, his fees, which are about two thousand dollars. And um, so his pastor, who had asked him to be an intern, had signed a document that said if he bailed on his fees or, you know, kind of signed a document guaranteeing his fees. Every pastor who, who has an intern does it. And so we had a little discussion. We decided, well, what should we do about it? And so we said, you know, this is a good guy and, and, and it's not his fault, so why don't we go 50-50? Why don't we, why don't we split the difference? And that seemed like a you know acceptable thing you know to me, and 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 it seemed kind and all of that sort of thing. And then he came back and he said he said no, I'm going to pay it because I signed it and I really meant it. You know, kind of I keep my word. And I think I respect that man. I so respect that man. I wouldn't have not respected him if he'd taken us on the offer. The offer was genuine. But it's like that is amazing. You're a person of quality. I respect those things. I love that in the vineyard we have this value of character over giftedness. Character over giftedness so that we're not just looking for stars. We're not just looking, you know, we, you need competent people, I, don't, I guess, to lead worship or to preach or whatever, or, you know, kind of to lead groups. I, I, would, I would far rather, or, or, or my, my hope is that you would find of those of us who get to share or lead or whatever, you would find people of quality and hopefully some ability as well. But even if we fail on the ability that we would, that we would pass on the quality or we're working towards quality, then, then that you'd respect that, we'll be able to respect that. As I'm chatting to Scotty Young, who's a pastor at one of the Grace Vineyard campuses um, a little while ago, and, and, he, and he said this incredible thing as part of a wider conversation, but the snippet that I think is relevant for us today is this. He said to me, he, and he was talking about Calvin, who's not here, so I can talk about him behind his back, but he'll be speaking on respect tonight if you'd like to come at 6 o'clock tonight. And, he, and, and Calvin's name came up in this conversation, and Scotty has three young sons, you know, maybe sort of, I don't know, 11 down to 5 or something like that. And he said, I would love Calvin to be influential in my boys' lives. And this is Scotty who was influential in my boys' lives at youth camps and various things like that now sort of in this next part of it. And you know, I don't particularly care if Calvin preaches well tonight or leads worship well tonight or remembers people's names tonight or something. He's a man of quality. He's a man that I can respect because other people see him. Those are the things that we probably have an idea of what respect is. And so the third question I have is, so how do I glean from this? How, how can I glean from those I respect and, and even become like them? Because surely we're all desirous that people would see our lives and that we would have lives that are worthy of some sort of respect. So I've got a, I've got a bit of alliteration because I, I went a bit rogue during the week. And so we do it by listening. We listen, as the proverb says, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understand. Let's listen and, and notice more the people who are worthy of respect rather than the people who are loud. And they may be the same people, not necessarily, but they may be the same people, so by listening. And then um, by learning. Um, so Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, you, however, continue on in the things you've learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And so we continue in this, we, we learn from those we respect. It's not just like, well, that's an unattainable goal for me. It's like we grow in this, and this is how we, how we become a whānau of quality. 
whanau that people can work with. And then I've done something I've never done in my life. I've used a noun as a verb, but by leveraging, and it's sort of, uh, I don't even like, I want to say leveraging too, because we're English really when we say it, but there you go, I, I, I caved. So we listen, we learn, and we leverage. So Hebrews says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. There's this idea um, that's inspiring to me, at least, of, of learning and then growing again, learning and then pushing on again, you know, both in my own life, but for those for whom who are inspiring to me. And Jesus himself true, said, and I'm not sure that he was talking in the context that we're talking today, but I think it's, it's worth throwing in at least. Truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will doing even greater things than these. You know, there's something about having the example coursing through our veins, of those who have gone before, the people that we can respect, the people that we can get close to. And so it all, to me, boils down to this as we talk about Fano and respect and we come to a close. The qualities we respect and honour and honour in others are the qualities that God is asking us to develop in ourselves. That's my best sentence. So if you missed the rest, that's my best sentence. That's, that's the one on the website. DG's not here. He always texts me on Tuesday and says, you've forgotten to give me the quote for the website. The qualities we respect and honour in others, there's an invitation of God, are the qualities that God is asking us to develop in ourselves so that we're not, you know, surface, you know, shallow, but we're people of substance, people of depth, people with scars, people who made mistakes, of course. Well, we're so forgiving, aren't we, of people who make mistakes, but they still have integrity and quality. What an incredible thing that is. And so... Let's respect each other because we're called to. Everyone, we deserve respect to, to and from everyone. But let's really respect those who deserve it. And then let's pay them the ultimate respect by following them in some way, by, by adopting in some way some of the things that they do. Then I think we'll be a whanau that's uh, warm and loving and safe and welcoming and has all of, some, all of the things that we're talking about in this whole month. Thanks so much for listening. We do hope you enjoyed it. If you would like in any way to interact with that, if you'd like to make contact with me, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is vic at sbc.org.nz. Alternatively, if you'd like to be part of our Shaw Vineyard Fano, either for a one-off or on a more regular basis, we meet at 10 o'clock and 6 o'clock every Sunday, 252 Forest Hill Road, and you get the whole church experience. Then you're able to have your kids in our children's program, your youth in our youth program, and you get worship and all the other things that are so important as part of church. So keep in touch, uh, continue to listen if you'd like to on the podcast, uh, on our website svc.org.nz, uh, maybe even look at some of the other things that we're doing. So God bless you, it's been our privilege to connect with you in this way.